In order to talk about what the Bible actually says about the events surrounding when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus the Christ comes again, we have to take a look at the biblical books of prophecy. And prophecy is unique. You see, the Bible is made up of all different literary forms, some of which are really familiar to us. It's full of stories where there's people going places and doing things, or it's full of letters, which we can be familiar with as we communicate back and forth with each other. And even the Bible has a great deal of poetry, the lyrics to beautiful songs that we can relate to. But in our day-to-day -day lives, we don't have anything quite like prophecy. And I think that's one of the reasons why there can be so much confusion, so much fear, even among Christians, when it comes to talking about the Bible's teaching around the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because a lot of times when we hear that word prophecy, we bring some assumptions about what that means that aren't always entirely accurate. For example, when we hear prophecy, it seems to me that a lot of the times we think that that means predicting the future. That if someone is prophesying, that they're peering through the mists of time to see something that will happen later. And when that's our mental model for what prophecy is, then if we open up a New Testament book like Revelation, that's identified as being a book of prophecy. Or if we read a prophecy from the Apostle Paul or even from Jesus himself, I think we're automatically geared to assume that that's describing something in the future. And when we go into those books of the Bible, assuming that whatever we're reading is something that hasn't happened yet, it starts to lead us down a path that might be different from what God actually intended. Because while prophecy does often deal with predicting things that will happen in the future, that's not all that prophecy deals with. You see, in a strict sense, prophecy refers to messages that people delivered from God himself. A prophet isn't exactly like a fortune teller, as we might think it, so much as they were a spokesperson. Someone who received a message directly from God to be delivered to his people. In fact, the Apostle Peter would describe the messages that the prophets brought this way in 2 Peter chapter 1, where beginning in verse 20, he says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You see, prophecy is a message from God entrusted to people, prophets, by God's Holy Spirit to deliver. So while the book of the Old Testament might be called Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel, while that New Testament book of Revelation may have been brought to us through John, it's not actually Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or John's message. It's God's message. The Holy Spirit is bringing that to them to impart something to the people in their time as they speak from God. 
That's important for us to realize because sometimes we dive right into biblical prophecy and we make it all about us. We make it all about our day. We make it all about our future. When really we need to stop and ask, what does God mean by this message? Because it's God's message to begin with. He had something to say. And then as we consider that, we also have to consider, and who was God originally saying this to? It might surprise you to know that biblical scholars estimate that of all the prophecies in Scripture, 99% of them have already been fulfilled. Did you realize that? You see, in many cases, when we look at biblical prophecy, it was addressing current events. It was taking things that were going on in the lifetime of the prophet's generation and declaring a message from God about that. And those prophecies weren't something so vastly different from what God had already said. Like take the book of Deuteronomy, the final of the first five books of the Bible that God gave through Moses. God had said in Deuteronomy that if the people kept their covenant with him, God would bless them. That if they were disobedient, if they were unfaithful to God, there would be consequences. They would be cursed. So many of the messages of the Old Testament prophets were simply applying those blessings or those curses on the prophet's generation. In those times where the people were being incredibly wicked and unfaithful, those prophets were pronouncing God's impending judgment on that evil. And when that judgment would come, and the people would be devastated, then in their humbling, in their remorse, God through the prophets would speak comfort and hope that things would change. In many cases, those judgments or that hope would be seen in years or decades. Others were further off. Prophecies about a Messiah coming, an anointed one from God who would help fulfill all the promises God made to his people. So it is that a lot of prophecies were fulfilled the first time Jesus came. Yet there are still some prophecies that we encounter in the Bible that do have to do with that ultimate day of the Lord when Jesus comes again and that final judgment occurs. And whenever we enter that realm, Sometimes that can be a little confusing for us because when Jesus is prophesying, like we see in some of the gospel accounts, or when Revelation is depicting something for us, oftentimes those prophecies that sound like they have to do with that final day when Jesus comes again will be right next to things that seem much more contemporary. But that also goes to the nature of prophecy itself. Let me give an illustration. Have you ever been able to see a mountain range? off in the distance. Maybe you were out camping somewhere, or maybe you were passing through some more hilly regions of this great nation of ours. Often, in the distance, mountains might look like they're right on top of each other. Yet, as you start to draw nearer, you find that those mountains are actually separated by miles, vast valleys in between. So what had looked from the distance like they were right on top of each other, perhaps even touching, are actually separated by quite a lot. Prophecy can be like that too. 
There'll be times where we might read a prophecy from Jesus that is very much dealing with things that would happen in the lifetime of his apostles. Prophecies from Jesus that might be dealing with the destruction of Jerusalem, and then they're immediately followed by prophecies about Jesus coming again. And when we encounter that, that can be confusing for us, but it's a lot like those mountains that as we look out from where Jesus stands into the distance, they might have the appearance of being right there. But there can be vast spans of time actually separating those events from that final day when the Son of Man ultimately comes again. That has everything to do with trying to understand God's perspective because it is so different than ours. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, the apostle tells us there, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. In order for us to understand those prophecies that Jesus and his apostles have given to us, in order for us to face that day when Jesus is coming, not with anxiety and confusion and fear, but with confidence and hope, we need to first understand just what it is prophecy is trying to convey, to understand that it's a message from God, to understand that it's a message that has to mean something to the people that the prophet first delivered the message to, and then we'll be ready to discover what it means for us. And if we belong to Jesus, if it is one of those prophets that has not yet been fulfilled because we're still waiting for Jesus to come, then we'll discover what a blessing that prophecy should and can be.